Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblio Stapes and Destruction. Today, I've had the great pleasure of being joined by Nikki Dwyn Jones. Good evening, Nikki. Good evening. Lovely to be here, and thank you very much for the invite. Thank you very much for giving up your time to talk to me. So we're here to talk laterally about your book in the Dreamtime. Um, but before we get into talking about that, Nikki, it'd be great of you to give everyone an introduction to your photographic journey. Of course, of course. Well, my parents were both very keen amateur nature photographers. Um, you know, to my shame, I never showed any interest whatsoever uh, <laughs> as a child. You know how it is. Yeah. Um, and um, my my dad's sister, my auntie Catherine, was uh, a quite extraordinary woman. She was extremely talented. She was an artist. She was a musician. She knew so much about nature. But sadly, her mental health issues meant that she was never able to get these uh, her knowledge and love of wildlife out into the world. When she died in 2003, while we were living in America, yep. um, I felt her on my shoulder, encouraging me to tell the world about wildlife what she could not. So that kind of, that was my awakening, really. Uh, living in South Florida for six years, we were just privileged to have an incredible array of wildlife all around us. Wonderful birds. I'm particularly fond of birds. Yep. Um, huge, great big iguanas that uh, come in from Central America, cool. not native to Florida, not popular, but very, very <laughs> photogenic. <laughs> um, so I bought a little point and shoot, and that was really the start of it. Uh, and then I, I quickly graduated onto a Canon power shot. So I was able to take much better pictures of the iguanas and the birds because you can get very close to the birds in Florida. Yeah. Then we arrived back in the UK in 2007. Uh, I joined Cheltenham Camera Club where we were living at the time, um, you know, to learn, to gain knowledge, um, make friends, all of which I did. It was, you know, really, really helpful. Um, I met a wonderful chap called Lee Preston from Gloucester who encouraged me to join the Royal Photographic Society. And that was, it's been a really great journey for me because I went through the um, um, the uh, LRPS, ARPS, and FRPS system, yeah. and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about presentation, how to tell a story, uh, and that's really what stayed with me. I think is telling a story through a group of pictures. Um, I always think, you know, I look at my images and I think, if I could pick one that would tell the story of what I've done today, which one would it be? And I just think none of them are really good enough. <laughs> none of them are really strong enough. But if you, you know, if you group them together, like yeah. twos, threes, fours, 20, whatever it might be, um, that's how I like to tell my story. Um, so that was, that was great. And then uh, in 2016, we moved to Orkney, which was, uh, has been absolutely amazing. You know, I love it up here. It's yeah. a magical place in so many ways. But I was confronted with huge skies and I won't say it's featureless because obviously it isn't, but it's not photographically dramatic in the way that, say, Harris and Lewis are, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So I sort of wandered around for many, many months, many, many months, just trying to decide, you know, how could I express what I was feeling? How could I express the magic that was all around me? Because Orkney is rich in folklore all sorts of mythical creatures they abound here you know we have the everlasting twilight in summer which we're into now which is very very magical you know you can really feel the enchantment in the air it's incredible and then a few months after we got here I sort of had the feeling that I would find this magic in the flowers in amongst the flowers and I was going to have to get down on ground level 
really start, you know, ground myself and work on a very intimate level uh, and look for the in-between spaces that you find between plants and flowers and grasses. And I had this feeling that that's where I would find the magic. And sure enough, it came to pass. So um, that's really what led me to the book because it was my first kind of awakening of Orkney magic, if you like, my my first discovery of of how to tap into that. Um, Yes. Brilliant. A, a, a fascinating journey. And as you see, you've kind of been all around the world and now you're back up, uh, you're, you're back in Orkney. And as you see, you're you're yeah. now tapping in and, and kind of connecting with, with what there is in that landscape. Because as you see, it's very different having a, had a look through your website. It's very different to some of the, the dramatic locations that uh, most people see. But actually the the work in, in the dream time is, is, is so beautifully delicate. Um, and, and as you say, you talk about you. You say how important it is to be able to tell a story, which I think is is so critical for anyone who's who's producing a book of some sort, book, zine, yeah. whatever you want to call it. So, what was what was kind of the the story that you really sought out to tell in the dream in, in the dream time? Well, I think the story was was really one of the magic of Orkney. You know, the fairies, uh, the trolls, as we call them here. I think they're trolls in Norway. Um, you know, um, there are lots of mythical sea creatures. That's kind of another story there, because I probably, you know, I do a lot of wave photography. And yeah. I can see all sorts of things in the waves that I'm sure nobody else can, but I know they're there. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so so yes, I, I think it was, you know, it was it was definitely the um you know the the enchanted folk that I was trying to reach in uh, in the book, and and um, that was that was the story I wanted to tell. Definitely. Um, yeah. Carry on. No, no, you you were going to say something. Yeah, I I I think it worked. I think it's worked so well that the the tones through uh, the tones and just the subject matter through it, there is such a is like a, a fairy tale dream time dream type. Um, setting for 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 some of them so at what point while you were kind of working through it did you think that there was like a bigger project here that that would kind of like stem onto it not for a year or so i think um i just kind of obsessively took pictures and at the same time i was taking a lot of wave pictures and uh my beloved birds uh, yeah. obviously very seasonal you know we've got the waders in winter the little you know ringed plovers and the sanderlings and in summer it's you know the gorgeous seabirds the terns the kittiwakes the fulmers um and i think it was when i think it was probably my husband who said to me you know perhaps it would be nice to start a collection and i always get more likes for waves you know than anything else on Facebook. you know the big <laughs> picture but he was like no 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 no. you know the flowers are much more you that's that's where your 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 essence lies um so um I think um yeah that that was it so then it was a case of sorting through oh and I just printed off hundreds and hundreds of you know small examples to make sure they they were good enough um uh, and then, of course, it's this whole issue of, well, how on earth do I go about doing this? How, how am I going to find a publisher? Because, as I'm sure you know, that's an, pretty much a nightmare for any yep. I was very fortunate in that here we have something called the Orcadian Press. And uh, mainly what they produce is a local newspaper, which bizarrely now is printed in Glasgow, don't ask. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
it is, this upside down topsy-turvy world of ours. Um, but I went to talk to them and they were very keen to help me. Brilliant. So they uh, put me with uh, one of their graphic designers, who I have to say was just brilliant. You know, um, I had my own ideas about the layout because I had been working on some blurb books, you know, the self-publishing yeah. blurb yep. books. Because um, I really enjoy doing that kind of thing. It's nice to have a record of your work. I think Absol- really absolutely, yeah. Actually, thumb through and look at rather than looking on the screen. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously, you know, he was a professional graphic designer. He'd been working for sort of twenty-five years with other photographers and artists and authors. So he had a very good idea of what would look good on the page. Um, and I followed followed his advice, and you know, I'm happy with what he suggested. And then, of course, it was choosing the paper. The paper we first chose really didn't work. It, it just wasn't high quality enough. So, you know, we had to go back and start all that again. But I think they've produced a beautiful book for me. Um, you know, I've been really, really happy with it. It yeah. cost me a lot of money, though. Of course, these things do. Um, yeah, they, they always do. I think it would have cost you far more money if you were doing it now than when you did it back in yeah. back in 2018. But I, I think the print quality is absolutely, yeah, absolutely superb. I think the tones... Great job, yeah. The the tones work really, really well, and I'm interested. So, when obviously when you came to look at the body of work, you've split it up into different themes and different chapters. Where where did those ideas come from, such as wind song, orange yeah, crush, which I understand from tones, maybe? They just kind of came to me, to be honest. Yeah. Which I think is how you know it's right. Yes. Don't you, think? you know, if you've really had to struggle with an idea and, you know, it's like getting blood out of a stone and then you're never quite sure if it's right. But I mean, wind song, for example, where did that come from? I have absolutely no idea. But as soon as it came into my mind, I knew it was right. Yeah. Um, in the dream time, it's a title that just appeared. Um, yes. I, I, so I, I don't know where they came from is the answer. Yeah, it's it's interesting, but they, I think they work so well with the the work so well with images, as you say. You you probably just get the gut feel of something just clicks when you're looking at a, a set of images, and you just say, "Yep, yeah, that's that's spot on. That does it does exactly what I wanted to see." I'm a very instinctive worker. You know, I have to admit at this point that I'm not interested in the technicalities of photography at all. <laughs> You know, um, and in fact, going back to the very marvellous Lee Preston in Gloucester all those years ago, he told me, and this is probably the, one of the best pieces of advice as I've ever been given. Um, he said, only learn as much about the camera as you need to do what you want to be, you know, to, to do for the images you want to take. Don't get bogged down. And actually, that was fantastic advice for me because I start to panic if I think I've got too much technically going on. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. I, I know what I need to do for bird photography. I know what I need for my flower photography. I know what I need for my waves, Um, you know, and the rest can look after itself. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. There's something to be said to just knowing exactly what you need to, to, to do the job. So obviously you very, very big on your waves, very big on your birds. Mm. Other than your husband, what kind of influenced you in terms of the, the flowers for your first book? And do you think you've maybe got something in the future on your other on your other favourite subject matters? People keep asking, but I, you know, it's so expensive. That's the thing. <laughs> Influences. Well, um, I'm very influenced actually by French Impressionist music, Debussy, Ravel, you know, that very sort of ethereal, yeah. um, barely there type of music. Watercolour painting. Um, yeah. Um, I use a long lens, I should probably point out, because then, you know, you can just... You know, you can get a nice bouquet. Yeah. Uh, 
background you know especially if it's been raining which obviously it does a lot here <laughs> you know, you Abs absolutely <laughs> yeah lots lots of rain and a lot of wind up in the north as well lots of wind. very windy today actually yep i've been out there today uh actually seeking out my beloved arctic terns but um the last two years their colony's been predated and only five birds have returned this year all right not yeah, not so not as good too. No, so I ended up actually going to my favourite wave spot, and we've got a northeast wind, so a northwest wind, so it was good. <laughs> Lovely light. And and once you kind of decided that the flowers were going to make a book, were you were you specifically looking for certain shots, or or how 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 did you approach it at that point? Did you have the body of work completed? I yeah, yep. I did have the body of work. I did. Um, I'm not very good at taking shots to order. Yeah. Uh, it's never been my thing. <laughs> I couldn't be a wedding photographer or a portrait photographer. No, no. I do my head in. I do everybody else's in as well. So, yes, I did have the body of work. Um, and then, of course, it's, well, you know, where do you stop? Um, yeah. So this is why I did small prints of, you know, lots and lots of potential ideas, grouped them together to see how they worked. You know, were they actually um, good enough to stand up to being in a in a professional book? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I had I had the body of work. Yeah. Uh, and it yeah. came quickly, I think, you know, because we only moved here in 2016. So I really only started photographing flowers in 2017 when they started appearing. Yeah. So about a year's worth of work, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. That. well, that that's it, and it shows you it shows you what can be accomplished in that period of time. It shows you that projects actually don't need to last four or five years necessarily in order to yeah. in order to 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 result in something. But no, I I think as you say, it's it's sometimes nice just to have the the work finished as opposed to going out and shooting specific shots. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's maybe obviously some subject matters where that's a bit easier to do, but yeah. I think for something for something like this. Um, the subject matter that you're photographing, I think actually the fact that it's, it's very natural and it's all just come th through mm -hmm. the process is, is a lovely is a lovely way to do it. And also, it's on my doorstep, you see. This is the, yeah. the, the beauty of it. I haven't got to go, go to any exotic locations, much as one would love to. Um, yeah. you know, it isn't always possible. And of course, that came to the fore during lockdown because, you know, I live in the middle of nowhere. And believe it or not, I had never actually um really explored the kind of square mile around my house <laughs> on three sides of my house and my goodness what i discovered was incredible yeah so much wildlife that i just didn't know was there and um you can actually see the result on my website if you go to i don't think I've, i may have archived it i can't remember but it's in the it's called the lockdown diaries and it's work probably spread over a couple of years, I think, into seasons. Um, you know, in the first one, when we were all locked down for all those weeks, it's all quite dark and, you know, because we were all scared and all the rest. And then, you know, summer and we were allowed out a bit more. So there were puffins and it's a bit yeah. dark. And so it went on. And, you know, we were in and out of lockdown. So, you know, one's mood varied. Um, but again, it was really great to be able to do a project and I had no choice but to do it literally walking out of my house. Um, yeah. and I, yeah. you know, I said in an article I wrote at the time, in all that time of photographing, you know, during the three months of that first lockdown, I never saw another living soul out walking where I was. <laughs> it was just me and the wildlife. It was incredible. 
Yeah, absolutely fantastic. But it just shows you what's on your doorstep, literally. Um, and it shows you how everyone, what's been great also is, is, as you say, this has been shot in within your like one square mile. But it's fascinating to see how everyone's square mile varies so much, depending on where they stay, what part of the country they stay in, urban, rural, uh, highlands, lowlands, all sorts of things. And yeah. it just shows the, the total variation. But so many people have managed to find an entirely different project based on on actually just walking for that short period of time, and it, I think it makes everyone think slightly differently out of the box. Well, I could I completely agree, and the beauty of it is that you know none of us have you know no two uh, photographic diaries will be the same. We'll yeah. all have something unique, which is a you know a wonderful thought, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think it's a fantastic way if you look at. You could you could build a big collection just of 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 people's diaries or photo books or photo journals, or whatever, over that period of time, and you'd yeah. see such a variety of work that otherwise would probably never have been shot or yes. never never curated in such a way because people would have continued going about how they normally went about their day to day life, and you probably might not have explored as much of your square mile around your house i'd imagine you'd probably got around to doing some of it but you and and everyone would have been the same you wouldn't have gone down the same garden path that you went down every day for six months and just walked slightly different ways you know i discovered a colony of kittiwakes about half a mile from my house that the rspb didn't know were here oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a red listed bird you know so they were really excited when i told them <laughs> That that that's saying it just it just shows it just shows what the I suppose there have been some positives um that have come from uh, from being stuck in in lockdown for a period of time um but when when it came to like I suppose sequencing the work how how much of a challenge did you find that um I'm actually quite good at that uh, I think it's probably my RPS training you know having right, to yep. do work I actually really enjoy spending time sequencing work you know same on my website I'll just fiddle around all evening yep. you know yeah. sequencing and um, you know it may not be everybody's choice again we'll all have a different opinion but um, it's um, yeah I really enjoy doing that so yeah and did you did you find any images that you really really wanted to to make the cut but you couldn't fit them into the the order the sequence the sets? There was, there was one. There was what? one. <laughs> and I can't put it into my website either. And I actually think it's one of the best flower pictures I've ever taken. <laughs> you you need you just need to create a standalone page for that one image. <laughs> and, and don't don't tell anyone it's there and just see if you ever get someone who contacts you to say, I came across your website and I really like it, but there's this one gallery which has only got a single picture on it. And just, just see if anyone makes any reference and then you yeah, can say, well, yeah. actually, it's on its own because I can't fit it in. I don't think it works in any other set sequence or, 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 or a mile from my house, you know, and it was just when um, the bluebells were finishing and this poppy had magically appeared and I just managed to get the the depth of field, you know, just, just right. Very vivid, and it just wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have worked in the. You know, and and why is that? Because of the color, or yeah, there's something about it. I I I'm not quite sure really, but uh, yeah. you know, I tried and tried to make it work, and you know, but again, you know, that's the RPS panel training. They often say that your favorite pictures will end up on the cutting room floor because they simply do not fit into the story that the panel requires, you know? Yeah, but, I, I, absolutely. And But likewise, images that you don't think, wow, that really works 
as a standalone image, actually, as a, as a panel or as a sequence of images, bring it together. They can yes. they can really nicely bring together two or three two yeah, or three sets. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, and I think it's I think it's a, it's always a challenge for someone when you're looking at your work in a sequencing aspect as opposed to looking at them as all standalone images. It, it's very very different, and I think. When you're working on a book, regardless of whether it's ten or a hundred images, there's always the challenges of how how do you how do you tell the story and how how do you also tell the story in the correct number of images without maybe overdoing it or underdoing it as well. Yeah, I've always been quite lucky in that regard. I like to think that I know when to stop. Um, yep. Somebody will probably correct me on that one. <laughs> so actually, putting it together, you know, was was. Uh, Pretty straightforward, I think. In fact, uh, what I well, I seem to remember now that what I did was um, I uh, with the blurb template, yep. I gave myself a very good idea of what I wanted, and then I took it to the graphic designer. And really, all he had to do was just tweak it very slightly. Uh, there was he had some ideas about layout. Cool. Uh, if he wanted a certain uniformity. I probably would have had slightly less. Yeah, but actually, I think what he's done works really well. So you know. Yeah, yeah, I must say, I think it's really nice. I think there's enough variation without having too much variation, because eh, I have seen stuff where you've, where are some templates people have maybe worked on where you've maybe got twenty pages and there's like fourteen different layouts of on on it, and it feels as though every time you turn a page, there's just so much variety and so much variation that. Um, but no, I, I think I think the structure of it works really nicely uh, and beautiful. Be afraid of space. Yeah, you know? I think that's really important. You know, to give the images room to breathe. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think again to the lovely, clear, crisp white paper as well. The images just really stand out, um, particularly when you've got some of the more delicate tones and subject matters. I think beautifully photographed. More patience than me. <laughs> something I do have actually um I, I don't in many aspects of my life but <laughs> with photography I have a lot of patience yeah uh, I, I I've patience but no, I've patience <laughs> but not not for crawling around in grasses shooting flowers I would like to maybe have a bit more patience but I can happily stand somewhere up a hill on a beach wherever and just in, enjoy myself but uh not 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 crawling around in the grasses isn't for me but at the same time I I really I really enjoy looking at other people's work when they've done it because I think when it's done done well, I think just lovely, so relaxing and it takes me, it connects me to the outdoors as well. That's that's the other thing is it's not just your connection. It's it also reminds me of what it's like to be outdoors or standing in the field, standing in the gardens and stuff like that. And I think that's a that's a lovely part when it kind of creates the story for the viewer as well. Yes, yes, I agree. I mean, I, I'm the same. You see, I do love crawling around in the grass, but I don't like standing on mountaintops waiting for the light to change. But of course, I love to see it done well because, as you say, it connects you to all that, to you know, yeah. that mag magical, you know, majesty and a mystery that you get up in the mountains. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, I think you. I think you can also take inspiration from other other work of a totally different subject matter that can still influence and inspire you for your for your own work as well even though you're shooting nothing that bears any correlation to it i, I agree you see that's why i think things like music is so important because yep. you know it all seeps into the subconscious somehow mm -hmm. at some level without you even realizing um you know and at some point probably when you've connected with the subject matter like you know the um the french impressionist music and the flowers i think is a good example that's going to go well together 
Um, yeah. Big orchestral sound might be the waves, for example, the big dramatic waves that we get here, and so on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, absolutely, and that's it. It's it's the connections and it's the memories for people that, um, yeah, just make make printed work and particularly books for me just really appealing to be able to kind of sit down and work your way through it. And it's so different when you're looking through something in a book as opposed to looking through something online where you don't get the same feeling. I completely agree. It's nice to hold a book, isn't it? It really yeah. is. Uh, it's it's a special experience, I think. Yeah, and and you're also looking at it through the through the eyes of the of the artist as well, in terms of how they've presented it. It's, it's like some of the triptychs in 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 triptychs in in the book. It's harder to present them as triptychs on a website, followed by yeah. some nice big clear images and things like that. We're so used to seeing things in grid format, and um, and I think that's where there's a, the control aspect of it. And I think also, you know, it really does develop you your 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 sense of um, well, for example, sequencing. If you have, you know, if you decide to do it like that, as you say, you can't really do it very easily on a website. Um, but I think you can learn an awful lot about what works together and what doesn't by actually, you know, doing that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you can learn a lot about your own work when you when you begin to start sequencing and seeing what actually works. And I think it can begin to change your approach to it as well in terms of yeah. how you begin to look at your work and look at like projects and themes and, and things like that. Also, as well. I think printing. I know I didn't print the book, but you know, I do a lot of printing, you know, and I sell prints, yeah. I do all my own printing. And uh, you know, to have to really keep your production values very high, I think is important. It's a massive learning curve. I always yeah. think printing is the hardest part of the whole process process you know it yeah. takes such a long time to to you know really be happy with the print i think but yeah. it just keeps you on your game it keeps you trying hard you know which i think is important yeah i i would totally agree i think i think everyone should print as much work as possible and um, even just for their own benefit because yeah. i think you begin to see things in your work that you don't necessarily see on screen um, and it's, it's really nice to see it just in the in the printed form as it comes out yeah I, I completely agree. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm always interested, uh, not just in what books my guests have published themselves, but what some of your favourite photo books are from other photographers or artists as well. Um, so it'd be great, Nikki, if you're able to share maybe four or five of your favourite favourite books. Yep, I certainly can. Um, I actually didn't bring any um art books as such because I thought all photography books, but that's okay because you know. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one I've chosen actually correlates. It's more to the kind of work that I do and the, the way that I tell stories. And um, it's this lovely book here. Can you see? Yes. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, it's, it means light. Yes. In a Scandinavian language, I think. Yeah. Do you know this one? I do indeed. Yes. Sandra Bartocha. Yeah, she's a, I do know her. I don't have, I don't have that book. I've got her most recent book, Rhythm of Nature. Oh, um, and, that. Yes. And that, that one's on my list, but yes, it's a beautiful, I've seen her talk about that. I've seen her talk about that book and yeah, it's wonderful, wonderful it's work. Inspiration to me. She's so creative, you know, um, and this is just a beautiful book that she's produced with this with Werner Bollman, her her colleague. Yeah. Uh, for, for those who haven't seen it, it's kind of a study of nature in the Arctic through the seasons. Um, and well, you know, I just look at it and I think, oh yeah, you know, I can see how these have influenced me, and you know, this lovely bouquet that she has. And sometimes, you know, I love it when they have a wider shot, so they've got maybe a tiny bird or a tiny flower yep. in the landscape. 
And I think it's important to remember to do that as well in the kind of work that I do, where I'm looking in, I'm looking in on a very intimate scale with the flowers. Sometimes it's nice to actually see things in the bigger context. Yeah. That's important. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That was actually a lesson to me, you know, when I, I started to take bird photography seriously, I couldn't afford like a 600 meter, uh, 600 meter male lens. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be something. <laughs> be expensive. Uh, it certainly would. It certainly would. So 300 was the most I could afford at the time. And so, of course, that very much defined the kind of photographs that I took. Yeah. You just have to learn to, to deal with that. So yeah, that, that's it. You just you work with what you've got the ability to do and yeah. and you just have you just have to adapt and and develop within that. And I, as you say, you, you then progress, but it's a natural progression. And I think once you realize it, well, that's fine. You, you make the step up or you keep your restrictions. Sometimes it's quite nice to have forms of restrictions within, with, within which to work. Well, I agree. And very often I'll only go out with one lens, uh, yeah. which is usually my long lens. It has to be said, I'm using the one to 500 now, the Canon R5 I've got yep. now because it's lighter i don't use a tripod ever so you know i'm carrying all the time and yeah as i used to be so <laughs> <laughs> i decided to lighten the load a little bit um but bizarrely uh i then i then um after the 300 i sold that and i got the canon one to 400 yeah uh, and i find flower photography easier with that than when the one with the one to five and i really have absolutely no clue why um, who knows go. it's just one of those weird things yeah so, yeah one just keeps trying so the second book that i've chosen uh i actually have no idea what this is called because it doesn't seem to have a title but it's a book by a dutch photographer called paul cupido c-u-p-i-d-o paul cupido. oh yeah yeah oh there is a title i tell a lie it's mukayu m-u-k-a-y-u now, he works on the principle of the Japanese uh, term mu, which kind of means nothingness. Yeah. It's a, a Buddhist term. And it's a very lovely thing. It comes out of this lovely cover. And then um, it's on this beautiful paper. Um, can you see? Oh, know. lovely. Very, very uh, ethereal. And um, I don't know how on earth he does all this. I haven't got the faintest idea. But it's you know it's all it's all quite lovely and it just keeps me thinking wow you know I need to be yeah. more creative I need to try and find different ways of expressing myself so you know that's 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 a lovely book it is a really beautiful thing it comes in two parts the middle part has got this lovely yeah looks lovely I've, I've seen some of his books online and just oh, beautiful yeah. lovely lovely creations uh, creations as well they are they are they're really really high quality. Um, he does a lot of exhibiting as well, I think. And yeah. If yeah. I'm ever in the right place at the right time, I'd love to go and say hello to him. That's it, indeed. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the second one. Uh, the third one is um, Albaran Cabrera. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you know them. Uh, this one is called uh, Des Oiseaux, The Birds. Oh, uh, yes. There's, in fact, a whole series of these by different photographers all yeah. based around birds. Yeah, and I've got, I've, I have a few of them myself. Yes, oh dear. <laughs> I absolutely love them because, you know, again, um, they're just showing me different ways of, 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 of um, expressing familiar material. Um, yeah, you know, I, think... I can't say as I necessarily like all the pictures, 
but they leave you feeling wow you know there are so many more possibilities than what i actually yeah, I, I think they're a wonderful series of books. And you make a really good point there that you say you don't like all the pictures. And I think that's really important because for me in a book, I don't need to like all the pictures. That's what yeah. partly attracts me to books as well over prints, because if you're putting a print on the wall, you really, really need to like that print. And that's one picture you've got, whereas a book... You could like 95%, and in fact, you could like 5% of the book, but it might be those five images that really just say something to you and actually... Yes, and trigger an idea or, uh, That's it. or something. Um, I've got the... Um, I've got... Yeah, I've got several. I've got one that's just about kites that I bought in Australia when we were there, and I should have brought them all through now. Um, there's one by a Japanese photographer where he's photographing gars and... yeah. Know, and I don't know if you've seen that one. Have you got yeah, it there? I don't think I've got that one. I've got I've got Penty's one here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which, and I think I've got Kena's one, and I think I've maybe got something else as well. But I see they just released another one last week or two weeks ago oh, or something. Yeah. Like that. Marvelous. Yeah. Yeah. It's but a slippery yeah. slope. Once you buy one, you could be buying them all. Yeah. That's absolutely. the problem. And again, I like the production values. They're really lovely books to hold and to actually... Yeah. Really, really nice. Yeah, they're they're very very good quality. They're they're an affordable price. I like the fact that they're all it's always it's all a similar theme, but as you say, it gives you so many different ideas for how different people have approached the same subject matter fundamentally. And as you say, you might only like five shot five photographs out of it, but it might create five wonderful ideas that then stem a whole new body of work for yourself or a new direction of travel. Absolutely. I found another one recently, uh, an, another book, we, when we were in Edinburgh, in that marvellous uh, bookshop called Toppings, which is, yep. I don't know what you know, it's a superb bookshop. Um, it's just called, I think it's called something like a New Photography of the Bird. And it's mm-hmm. just a small book. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's an eclectic mix of photographers who've done bird photography in all sorts of different styles, things you would not expect. Cool. Which, uh, I really like. I very nearly brought that one through, but that one. That one's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> you see, it's, it's selecting your five favourites. It's very, very difficult. <laughs> yes, it's and it's it's not meant to be. It's not meant to be easy. Not meant to be easy. No, no. But the, the other thing I like about the uh, Alberan Cabrera is, you know, this idea that they are triggering individual memories. You know, and so n- no, none of us are going to have the same reaction to a picture. Mine Absolutely. Is- yours and, and so on isn't that great you know yeah that, that that's one of the beauties what one person sees another person sees entirely differently and you you could say down to a, a sequence within within anyone's book four or five images one after another i will see it entirely differently from how everyone else sees it and what might stand out or jar to me might seem perfectly natural to you and 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 perfectly in place well, you know, going back to sequencing, when I was um, preparing for my um, RPS fellowship, I went and sought advice from a couple of friends um, who lived in the next town who were already, uh, you know, had fellowships. And I laid out all my ideas on the ground. And all three of us just had completely different ideas. Yeah. At the end, you've got to go with your gut. You, you know? do, yeah. At the end of the day, it's your work and you you know the story, you know the way it should be presented. And, and But I think at, at the same time, I think it's very useful to take input and advice from people who you know, but who know your work as well and whose opinion you value. Because at the end of the day, it's just what they see. It's just through their eyes. And some of it you might think, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that. I see where you're coming from. Other times you might think, I'm sorry, you're just totally wrong. I'm right. Um, yeah, but it, yeah. it just it just it just gives a bit of confidence, I think, as well, that you think, right, okay, well, 
yeah, I think actually maybe know that this is this is the right thing to do. And hopefully they'll spot a really duff image. That's the other thing. That's it, yeah. Or, yeah. Sometimes so, something that actually isn't very good. So. That's it, yeah. Something that stands out that you yeah, you just don't see because you're, you're quite content with how it looks. Exactly. So for the next one, um, I don't know whether you've heard of a, oh, is he German or Dutch? I think he might be German. A guy called Tom Hagen. Nope. C-G-E-N. Check out his work on Instagram. I don't yet have his book. Right. But, it's aerial photography and it's absolutely spectacular. Ooh. But I got this when we were in Australia last uh, by a Western Australian photographer. Um, and it is literally just these marvellous aerial pictures of things like the salt pans in the Kimberley. Oh, and, lovely. Um, well, it's fine. Oh, gosh, yes. More salt pans. I mean, I can never get tired of looking at these incredible, you know, nature's patterns, basically. Um, and um, also... Oh, there's lots and lots of salt pans. So what's that book called? Uh, it is called, um, it's called Beyond, with the subtitle Above Western Australia. All right. And it's by a, pho a photographer called Martine Perret, or Perret, I suppose, if she's French. Martine, M-A-R-T-I-N-E. Yeah. P-E-R-R-E-T. All right. Mm. Um, you know... It's just, I think it's fantastic. Looks fascinating. Look at that one. You know, salt pan. Oh, yeah. Incredible. So, yeah, I can't get enough of that kind of thing. Um, and another uh, book that I bought in Australia, you know, same sort of thing, all those incredible patterns from above. It's such a vast, yeah. interesting place. Um, I wish I could afford to go up in a light aircraft. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be absolutely amazing. So yeah, that's that's kind of a um, you know a PD pipe dream, which may or may yep. not onto anything. But then again, you know, you, it's one of these things that I don't think you can do once because you'll go once and you'll just totally foul up because you've absolutely. never done it before, and it's got to be so much harder than it looks. I'm sure yeah, it is. Yeah, that I I, th I think when people when you see pictures done, I think those. It's probably through multiple trips, so well planned, so well thought out, experience of doing it, knowing exactly what you're doing. And mm -hmm. as you say, yeah, I think going up for going up for a, a trip, you'd come away with some record shots that you'd be utterly frustrated with. And yeah. actually, it's probably one of these things I would go up just with my phone or something like that, just to take yeah, a couple yeah, of snaps. Absolutely. So so that, yeah. that way I don't actually feel any any disappointment because I know I'm not I'm not planning coming away with a with a new body of work or something like that. Check out the work of Paul Mackenzie. Right. He's okay. A British photographer based in Hong Kong, I believe. He spends a very great deal of time in Africa, above the lakes in Central Africa, hanging out of an aircraft, photographing flamingos against the algae patterns in the lakes. He's oh, won awards. He's cool. stunningly good. Um, you know, it, it's just gorgeous work. I'll take a look. I'll yeah. check him out. And also delicate, you know. Yeah. Done with master's touch. Definitely. Right. So the fifth book um, is this by a, an American photographer called Christopher Bean. Right. Bean with an E on the end. It's just called Flower. Right. And um, I discovered this uh, actually when we were living in America. He trained as a photographer at the um, Rhode Island School of Art and Design, very prestigious art school in America. And then um, he eventually went to New York City and 
fell in love with flowers and worked as a florist for some years until he became extremely ill with cancer. And whilst he was recovering, um, he kind of set up this uh, studio, um, you know, in his uh, in his loft or wherever it was he was living, and started to experiment with flower photography and fine art. Ooh. So, I mean, this this really is not for everybody. This book, but uh, it just opened my eyes to so many possibilities. I mean, it's hard to actually hold it up because it's quite a big book. The flower photographs themselves, oh, cool. are absolutely gorgeous. You know, they're luscious and yeah. all the things they need to be. Um, I need to find. And some of them, you know, this is a book, it's a few years old now. Um, some of them probably don't look that surprising now because it's the sort of thing that's been done, I think, quite a lot. But what he tends to do with a lot of his work is he will place a piece of art behind the flower or a piece of his own painting. Cool. Uh, you know, so that he's got these incredibly rich backgrounds um, and they are just spectacular uh, in terms of their colour and their composition and their daring and, you know, their, their vision. I mean, I think it's a wonderful book. I just poured over it for hours and hours and hours when I first bought it. Looks good. Really nice. I'm just checking out some of the images of it oh, and it's yes, really yeah. nice. Something yeah. really quite different that quite appeals to me. So very opposite to the kind of flower picture that I would produce. <laughs> yeah, ab ab <laughs> I absolutely. That I can't just absolutely fall in love with what he does. And part yeah. of the question is that I could actually do what he does. You know, yeah. um, I, a PD secret uh, that nobody else knows. Don't tell us all. Um, I have actually just bought myself a light box. So, you know, on those winter evenings when it's too dark to go out from three o'clock in the afternoon, um, you know, I can start experimenting a bit. And Brilliant different you know um yeah i think i think it's always nice to try something new push yourself in a different direction and see where it goes and not everything always works some things do some things don't some things take more appeal more interest but i think there's always definitely something to to be to be had for trying something new and a bit different well, I agree. I mean, I, I discovered the uh, the app Snapseed a while ago. I don't know if you know it. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm very untechnical, as I said, and I never thought that I would actually enjoy playing with an app, but I really do. And yeah. uh, I went to Northumberland recently, um, just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I went down to the uh, the rocks at Spittle Beach, which are unfortunately mainly covered up at the moment. Um, and again, I use my mobile because it's just much easier, you know, no flim flam. And I can see really well when I use my mobile. And then I just started sort of messing around with some with the app and I got some beautiful results. You Brilliant. know, really beautiful, just literally minimalist lines and curves. And it kind of echoed what I was seeing around me. You yep. know, the, what are they called? Those blow cart things, you know, the sort of, um, you know what I mean? Those sort of like go-karts with sails. Yeah. You know, and there were birds diving, and there was lots of movement at the beach, um, and it kind of echoed that, which you know was quite fun, something different. Yeah, ab <laughs> absolutely, it is. It's it's all about it's all about something new. There's something really nice about photographing something new or a different location somewhere you've never been to. Just kind of like the thrill and the buzz of right, what what will I actually? What what am I going to produce? What am I going to shoot here? How am I going to approach it? As opposed to going somewhere where you know. But you're very familiar with, and you you maybe go with ideas in mind, but actually going somewhere with no ideas in mind and just total anticipation of what it is you're going to do. I think can sometimes garner better results or more interesting results. 
No, I, I agree. Yeah, to go with no expectation, I think is very important because that really opens your eyes, doesn't it? Yeah. Because I always think expectation can bring disappointment. And if yep. you go, well, you know, I expected to find my Arctic terms today and I, I didn't, you know? So, yeah, yeah <laughs> so disappointing. Well, there were five and they lasted about 60 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much, Nikki. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you this evening. It's been wonderful to chat to you about your work, but also for you to share some of some of your favorite books and just to talk about how how storytelling is so important in your in your photography. So it's it's really been a pleasure. I look forward to seeing uh, maybe some waves or some bird books from you in the future. Um, oh, but <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just to say thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Ian. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Cheers. Thanks.